Hello, gentle listeners. This is The Pulpit, episode 11, coming to you live and in vivid color from Fort Wayne, Indiana. I'm Ron Sandak. He's Bob Marks. We are The Pulpit. As a reminder, The Pulpit is to peak interests. We regularly test tempers and we make when due apologies because apologies, and atonement are good things. And with that in mind, Roberto, we have a an apology. To start off tonight's uh, episode, um, a couple of weeks ago, we were in what I had said was Midgeville, Indiana. And a couple of our listeners um, from Midgeville, which is actually Milledgeville, Indiana, called in. Um, and corrected us. Corrected us. So one of our first apologies is a shout out to Milledgeville, Indiana, and to our li- two listeners that are, are, are consistent with their dialing in after the show to ask questions, so apologies on that. And as Ron said, um, tonight's episode is number 11. Uh, we had great feedback from number 10 last week, and we're going to use an old Saturday Night Live adage to start the show off. We're going to do a coffee talk, and tonight's spending a topic is spending. I'm going to throw it onto the table, and we're going to run this. It's going to be interactive. Ron's going to kick off here talking about... Um, the bloated spending that comes along with this wonderful state of ours. So with that, we begin with Coffee Talk Topic is Spending. <laughs> Ronald? Yeah, so a lot of people know we talked in Episodes 9 and 10 about the end of the last legislative session and what exactly was going on in Springfield. Session 10 tried to capture all of the crazy as best as it could be captured. And encapsulized, you know, in short, what came out of Springfield was more spending than at any time in the state's history. And what's ironic about that is, is at no time have we been in more dire straits. Have we been closer to insolvency? And so what do you do? The state decides to spend more. Brings me back to an old adage, uh, God knows where it comes from, but my dad, when I was a boy, used to regularly say, you know, when you find yourself in a hole, first thing you must do is stop digging. And I've had to remind myself of that in different instances in my life, and I've had to pass that little, you know, little pearl of wisdom on to my kids and others when they find, when you find yourself in trouble or in a difficult situation, stop causing your problem to become worse. Well, here's what the state just did. They just passed an operating budget to basically fund state government for the next fiscal year at 40 plus billion B billion dollars. And then they almost at the same time breathlessly passed a capital budget bill, you know, for vertical, so-called vertical and horizontal projects, roads, bridges, schools, public works, et cetera, at 45 billion dollars. At no time in the state's history have those type of budgets been simultaneously passed, basically when the state's insolvent. So I guess this is, you know, what's the old adage? We're broke, so let's go for broke and double, triple, quadruple down. So with respect to the state spending, that's that's, and we're going to focus mostly on the capital, I'm sorry, on the operating budget. What exactly does that mean and how do we put it in perspective? Well, what I thought I'd start out with was... When I was in the legislature, the first budget that I witnessed get passed was in the two was the year two thousand eleven, and it was the same year that they that the Democrats in charge, and that was when Quinn was governor, and 
you know, the Democrats had solid majorities in both the House and Senate. They passed a pretty hefty tax increase at about, I think it was 108 in the morning on the last legislative day. But here's the thing I want you to take away from this conversation with the spend, the state budget to spend was 29, I think 0.6 or $7 billion. In 2011, it was a less than $30 billion spend. But now fast forward to the current here and now, and the folks in charge want to spend $40 billion. That's a big, gigantic difference in a small period of time. What could possibly be the difference? Well, it's pretty easy, actually, what the difference is. So did a little research. Bob's done a ton of research, and we'll, we'll bring out some factoids in a little bit. But in the year 2000, the state spent give or take 4.7 to 5-point-ish percent of its entire state spending on pensions. 5%. We'll just round it for easy math. This fiscal year aforesaid, the state will spend 25% of the monies it receives in tax revenues and fees towards pensions. And that contribution, which is a huge chunk, it's a quarter of the state monies, still won't get anywhere close to satisfying the needs of making pensions sustainable for the long haul. 25%. So, you know, when the typical state taxpayer pays his or her taxes, they're assuming that's covering higher education, K through 12 education, public health, public safety. God forbid you throw some infrastructure in there, right? Um, you're, that's where you think your state dollars are going, but where it's really going, a quarter of your dollar goes for pensions. It's And it's going to be an escalating percentage going forward. You know, the buzzword of six, seven, eight years ago was, this isn't sustainable. We need a sustainable plan. We need a sustainable environment. We need sustainability on almost every front. Unfortunately, like a lot of buzzwords that were good at, at its inception, like thinking out of the box, right? We 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 water these terms down. And so you know, I've kind of pledged to get away from using the same jargon that some of the pointy heads use to try and impress people and actually make their eyes glaze over, and it's really a distraction. We're going bankrupt in this state, and it's accelerating. And the folks in Springfield that just doubled down by making a larger spend without addressing the structural and systemic problems, i.e. pensions, retiree health cares, it's insane. And so we're going to spend $40.5 billion and we're going to continue to keep digging deeper. We're in a ditch and we're digging ever more. And it's not going to help the problem. It's just going to accelerate <laughs> the grave we're digging for ourselves. So with that, I know, Bob, you had some in, in, in the continuing coffee talk coffee spirit. Talk. You were going to throw out some factoids and, and try and interweave in this discussion some of the, the research you've developed, and I'll add some Springfield-esque to it, and maybe some context as well. So just a question for you, Ronaldo. <clears throat> Funding for state worker pay and benefits has increased by what percentage over the past 18, 19 years? Just oh my God! So, so is this testing my knowledge? It's going to be an, yeah, it's going to be an astronomical number. Um, 
I'm going to guess. I will just tell you that what I do know, I don't know the answer, but I'll guess um, that Governor Pritzker just signed an eight year deal with AFSCME, which is the biggest employee union for state employees and state workers. And it's not an exorbitant or super rich contract. But here's the thing, the baseline, Illinois state workers, again, on the whole, it's sometimes hard to do apples to apples. Illinois workers are the second highest paid from a wage and compensation perspective, state employees in the country. And now they have an eight-year deal. And that's money and pensions, all the more that we don't have that, that the governor's just committed to. So to your answer, I'm going to guess over that period of time, it's gone up 58%. Over 600%. So I'm not even in the right You're digit. not even in the right ball. So it's that exorbitant. It is exorbitant. So question, does that include benefits in that? Analysis? Yes. Okay. Pay and benefit. So I was kind of thinking just wages, but clearly that makes sense when you put in the whole pension and healthcare components because they are, I mean, they're just, I mean, you, you tell people this and they look at you crazy. They're extravagant and they're, they're, they're super expensive. And so that obviously illustrates it because that's insane they're monopoly numbers it's like the uh it's like the uh who's the guy who's the guy at the banker in monopoly with the little uh sat there and just handed out two hundred dollars every time he passed a certain square in the corner um as a result illinois has collected 200 over 265 billion dollars more than it would have if per capita tax revenues had only grown at the rate of inflation since 1983 think about that one that is a one percent <clears throat> Let me back up. Um, states per capita general fund revenues have grown by an average of 3.7% each year, faster than the 2.7% well, average sure. annual rate of inflation. Right. A 1% difference in growth of the revenue versus the, the inflation is billions of dollars in tax there. Doesn't surprise me. And, yeah, I mean, again, this all relates back to the fact that spending is by and large increasing exponentially because of the human beings that make up the state workers who we have to pay, but their pensions and retiree health health uh, benefits are exorbitant and they're outpacing every other aspect of state spending and clearly outpacing inflation and what should have been a normal growth projection. So here's an interesting one. Per the Fed, the Federal Reserve out of St. Louis, um, the average household income in 1984 Combined was roughly $51,500. Um, adjusted for inflation, it's currently running at about fifty-five dollars to $56,000. So that's 84 to current income adjusted for rate of inflation. And just for knowledge for the, for the listeners, general funds funding, 75% of funding comes roughly from personal income taxes, corporate income taxes, sales taxes, other areas for funding are licensing fees. Right. User fees, penalties from regulatory actions, etc. So we're spending, spending, um, and it's actually getting to the point where incomes cannot keep up with the taxation. So think about that for a second. So the so that's kind of a frightening thing if you compare the pace at which state government has grown and how spending has accelerated versus what wages taxpayers have taken in and continue to take in. They're, they're obviously not proportional. They're obviously not anywhere near correlated or in tandem. 
taxing is absolutely lapping people's incomes. You know, it would be interesting to find out is because the number, the 51,000 and the 55,000 income stuff makes no distinction between private sector people and public sector people. I had a graph a while ago that showed in Illinois, the public sector employees simply, again, lapping from a wage increase, a wage and benefit perspective, the private markets. So what's interesting about that is on the whole, it's lapping at big time. The only employment that seems to be growing in the state of Illinois is government, whether you work for the city of Chicago, the county of Cook, some other exurban governmental unit or the state of Illinois. And by the way, we also have a lot of federal employees in Illinois. It would be interesting to see with that perspective, Bob, what jobs are growing at what rate and how that affects the state revenues. Because if we are growing our tax base, meaning we're squishing our tax base on a macro level, dissecting it down between private and public, right? it's the private one that matters more because that's the only one that actually grows anything separate apart from circulating money from within itself. I would love to see that and just see how it correlates because, well, because there's a breaking point coming and it may be coming sooner than we thought. Well, it's also the definition of grow when you talk about the the uh, the public sector and, and growth. It's kind of funny. Those, it's an oxymoron. Are, it's an oxymoron. Yes, yeah. thank you. Um, the last one is Illinoisans, Illinoisans have to work 119 days to pay their federal, state, and local taxes. If we are not the worst in the nation, I believe there's one other state, and I'll clarify that for a future episode, that people are working over a third of the year to strictly pay for taxation. Yeah, we used to call that Tax Freedom Day. There you go. And so you have to work 119 days to break, you know, even or no blood. That's insane, Okay. And that's insane. And I get that there's components of that, the federal probably being the largest on a dollar for dollar basis. But the part that's growing the most, um, it's got to be local real estate taxes. And, you know, today we we saw in Chicago. Crane's article. Yeah. The assessments have come out and the north side of the city is expected to get whacked disproportionately higher because I think they're trying to rectify past grievances and some really illicit, you know, uh, tax problems that were thrown on the, the least economically capable of absorbing big tax hikes. And that's, you know, the South suburbs and the Southern and near West parts of the city. You know, the folks that are struggling the most get high, get hit with the most tax. So a little slip there with high, get high. That's a future endeavor. How people are going to pay their taxes are going to get high. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was watching on, uh, I forgot where I saw it. Maybe the last couple of days, uh, Michael Che from uh, Saturday Night Live was doing a stand-up bit. And he was, this is years ago. And the funny part was that it's a rerun of a bit. Obama was the president and he was lamenting the fact that some states were going to legalize marijuana. And he's like, you know, that's just a desperate move. You know, I get it. I'm not criticizing anyone from smoking up. But if the state's getting in the business, we're, we're getting on lean times if that's where we're going to collect money. And clearly Illinois is, you know, taking the couch and turning it upside down to shake, you know, at any loose change therefrom, gambling, marijuana, 
um, expansion of into sports book, you name it, that you know they're going to endeavor. And you ready for the next shoe to drop? New York's talking about sex work and legalizing I, I read that, prostitution. I read that earlier this week. Yeah, I mean, as New York and California go, Illinois seems to want to go in that lane or that those lanes when it comes to social agenda policies, and in some respects, necessarily follows the revenue. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me that may be for another episode, dear friends. There, there's an unlimited top, uh, list of topics we can talk about. There's no question about that. So, Ron, I, I, the question is, I, I kind of brought this in last week. So, you know, the real estate market um, in, in, in the Chicagoland area has been talked about to death. Um, we have recently put our house on the marketplace. There is almost no activity. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, there, there is, it's from a, from a national perspective, real estate's down, but we are just leading the charge well out in front. We're, the, we're secretary coming around turn three, and we got a 19 furlong lead. Um, on this one, as far as the the, 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 the pressing of pricing, um, been told by a number of different people that we're going back to pricing. So it was going back as far as 2008, 2009. I think Governor uh, Thompson just sold his condo downtown. Did you see that? He had it listed for, I think, originally, what, 2.6. It was 2.5. It traded at 1.7. And then he went turned around and bought another $2.5 million condominium. But it was sold at a uh, below the the prior two transaction prices today today I saw a Lake Forest house that was built in 1989 and it was obviously sold to someone in 1990 for eight hundred and sixty five thousand dollars in 1990 it just went through a recent sale at seven hundred and thirty thousand dollars. $730,000 in Lake Forest. I don't care how much updating. I don't care how bad the design or the, by the way, the kitchen was huge. It looked like a house from the 90s, but it was in Lake Forest, which used to have gravitas. Yep. It meant something in and of itself because of the dirt, the community, the schools, all of the imprimatur of the North Shore. And there, there are not many towns in that same kind of, you know, level. And it, I mean, that is bad news when you have that type of transaction. That is a get, get me out of this deal type yeah. transaction. Fire sale. And we're starting to see it happen more and more in, again, in these Tony Hamlets of Barrington, you know, Glenview, Lake Forest, Kenilworth, Winnetka, Kinsdale. And others. And so the point here is when you see the, all these taxes kind of accumulate and you start seeing this the state government that, that thinks they're going to come to a fiscally sound conclusion by spending more tax dollars and nickel and diming us, by the way, each way to Tuesday with these new on the capital budget side with you know, the gas tax, by the way, you know, with this thing going on in Iran. I, I'm going far afield. Sorry, people. But that thing happening in Iran, right? So they attack a couple of these merchant boats. We start getting aggressive with drones. They shoot the drones down. Gas just went up today, right? Or oil just went up today, meaning that will have an effect on the on the gas pump. On July 1st, a mere, what, 11 days from now, 12 days from now, we're going to add 19 cents 
on each gallon of gas in the state of Illinois. Mm. And God help us if it gets to four dollars a gallon. God help us. So on that because point, by the way, it's regressive, right? It hurts working class right. and economically disadvantaged people the most. They gotta get to work. They they're living paycheck to paycheck. You miss one, they're in trouble. And now it costs, you know, they they gotta worry about putting money in a gas tank. Yep. It sucks. I was in Indiana this uh the past two days and I filled my my truck up down in a suburb of Indianapolis at two fifty five a gallon this morning. At 7.30 this morning, as I drove and crossed the state line and came down uh, a local street, the price of gas was $3 a gallon. 45 cent differential just crossing the state line prior to any oh, yeah. additional well, taxes. You, dude, that's with smokes. That's with gas. That's with the very things that that, that, that the Illinois General Assembly thinks they're going to raise revenue to pay for roads, bridges, and other structural Im- improvements. It's it, These are regressive taxes. Yep. There, we're, we're basically taking more from a diminishing pool. You're, you're hoping people's behaviors don't deviate in certain circumstances. And, and now we're adding marijuana and gambling to the mix. That's our salvation. Cigarettes, gas, marijuana, and gambling. If we can get a lot of money out of those things, we may not drown as quickly is what we're hearing. Or it's the like ditch that. we've dug, the, the hole we've dug doesn't, you know, it's cave like, in on us because of the sides. It's like having uh, floaties on your uh, on your forearms. They're deflating and you're in uh, 12-foot waves out on Lake Superior in, in January. Hey, one quick note before we wrap it up here. Um, we actually have a listener. I got to receive a text earlier this week um, that has been listening um, to our programs. And um, this individual informed me that our little podcast here has motivated this person to actually look at moving and getting out of the state of Illinois. So a shout oh my out, God. a shout out to that listener. Well, I'm all about the libertarian kind of vantage of fend for yourself, do your own thinking, think it through and act in your best interests, which will in the collective be in our best interests. But I certainly understand that perspective. Whomever that is, I wish all the best and I hope they keep listening. Um, and I have a shout out too. Um, a buddy of mine said he thinks our production values have increased since this venture occur- began in, in February. And that's to you. So thank you for that. You're the producer. Content wise, I'd like to hear if he thinks we've improved, but he didn't make that comment. So I think that might have been a slight on me. Well, you got to go back and press it. Just, ask, yeah, just yeah. Ask, ask question on the screen. So again, a quick little um, shout out to our two listeners in Milledgeville. Apologies. Yeah, said sorry. Milledgeville. Um, a wonderful little uh, drive-by town in Indiana. Um, wonderful, wonderful place. So apologies to our friends in Milledgeville, Indiana. I think we've covered that. We, yep. Yeah, we don't have to. I, I, I yeah, want to okay, but It's kind of like your story about hitting, uh, uh, what, what's her name in the back of that with a snowball. I just felt, felt really bad. I drove okay. through there today and I just I, felt bad for the, the wonderful citizens of that town. All right. Well, I think we've covered that. So uh, contrition has occurred. Um, all right. So, folks, thank you for listening to Episode 11. He's Bob Marks. I'm Ron Sandick. We appreciate you listening. We also appreciate you calling, uh, emailing, and giving us your constructive criticism or your scathing criticism. We're big boys. We have thick skin. We can handle it. So from Fort Wayne, Indiana, the beautiful state of Indiana, again, um, he's Bob Marks. I'm Ron Sandick. Cheers. Godspeed. Rock on. Until next week.